What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to In Joe's Room. I'm Joe, and thank you for listening. I am so grateful for all of you who listened to that preview episode. It really does mean a lot. I got some, you know, good and some questionable feedback. And so whatever feedback you might have, definitely leave a comment. Send me a message. I'll probably ignore it. I'm just kidding. No, anyway, uh, by the way, I'm going to start calling all of my listeners the roommates. All right, so all the listeners of In Joe's Room, you'll hit an episode, and you might hear me say something like, welcome home, roommates, and then we'll get right into it. I know it's corny, but hey, you know what? This is fun. And by the way, you know, I know that I'm not a professional. I say, uh, a lot. I mess up a lot, and that's okay, because I am just trying to just do this as a way of, you know, like I said in that preview episode, a way to kind of express myself in a way I haven't been able to do so in a while. And so um, wherever this journey takes me, that's where it's going to go. And uh, I can't wait, and I really do appreciate you uh, definitely stopping by. For this week's episode, uh, it's the pilot episode, the first full-on episode. So it's going to be longer than that preview one. And, uh, you know, I really wanted to take the opportunity to kind of dig a little deeper at, you know, myself and who I am and where I'm coming from. And so what I did was I interviewed the most handsome guest I can think of, and that was myself. And so I asked myself interview questions that I pulled from the Internet Uh, I answered them as honestly and as truthfully as I could, and it turned out to be a pretty fun experience. I mean, the time really did fly, you know, going through some of those questions. Uh, And uh, after that interview part, you know, we're going to do a little bit of a movie review. Uh, Hopefully, I'm not spoiling anything. I mean, at this point, I know, like I said, it's been a couple of weeks since I dropped that preview episode, and at that point, or at this point that you're listening, it's going to be a couple of months since uh, the movie that we're going to review came out. So hopefully there's no spoilers in that. And obviously, you know, if that's something that you're not interested in uh, listening to, well then go ahead and, you know, leave a comment saying, hey man, you suck. Or no, I'm kidding. Do whatever you want. You know, uh, this is your podcasting experience and I'm happy to even be a little bit of an experience of that. Uh, Anyway, let's get right into it. Thanks for listening. Here we go. And we're back. Um, I've just pulled a couple of questions that I'm probably going to be using as my own questions. Oh, and if you hear that little whining in the background, that's because I have my son in the back of the seat of my car. And he is not taking a car nap so that I can do this interview like I thought. And instead, he might just be the background noise. Uh, but he's pretty chill. He's got the pacifier in his mouth. He's uh, playing with a ball. Uh, and it might make me a pretty bad dad to just leave him there. But he's fine. He's safe, right? Uh, anyway, I want to get to the questions. And so imagine that I have a guest. Imagine that it's two people hanging out. And I happen to be the host, and I happen to have a list of written down questions. Here are examples. Uh, and if today our first guest is myself, then so be it. Why not? Here we go. Question number one What do you wish you had known when you started out? Uh, started out in my job? Started out in life? I don't know. I mean, for me, <laughs> yeah, you might see that. Uh, Elijah's laughing. Uh, let's go with starting out with being dad. Uh, something I wish I would have known when I first started out being a dad was that, yes, there are ups and yes, there are downs. That I did know. But I had no idea just how 
awesome those positive moments really felt. I mean, the first time I had ever heard my son's heartbeat on that sonogram was honestly one of the most bone-chilling things I've ever experienced in my life. I mean, it was amazing uh, seeing just how this little thing inside my wife was just alive and kicking and moving and he's right now he's flailing his arms he's playing around with his car seat playing around with his toys that i have him occupied with and it's amazing to see how quickly it goes from that little blip on the screen with a with a real heartbeat to this now almost one and a half year old with us with that same heartbeat and that same desire to just experience everything in life it is amazing uh to be able to uh, to just sit here as a father and see my son uh just become what he is today and i can't believe that uh it's been this long already i know that you know most parents will tell you man it really goes quick man it really goes quick you know cherish these moments cherish these moments uh but something that i wish i had known when i first started out in parenthood was that even though I had heard that all the time, I wish I would have known to take more pictures when my wife begged me to take pictures or to take videos when my wife asked me to take videos. And she's awesome at that. You know, I try to not, you know, rag on her too hard with, um, you know, wanting to be a social media parent and share it, this and that. And maybe that's why I hold a little resentment. You know, I don't want to overshare. Oh, he's so cute right now. Um, I don't want to overshare my son. Uh, but there is a certain point where I'm like, man, these moments are so fleeting. Uh, and I just look at myself and my wife. We have very limited uh, amount of pictures and home videos. And like we are spoiled today as new parents today to be able to just capture all of these moments like for instance i have a video on my phone of my son taking his first real steps and i'm like this is real and uh i wish i hadn't edited the way i did and through just instagram and like filters and um adding music and and little gifts around you know i i uh i dubbed it behind the the song uh, and I will walk 500 miles and I and like so his first steps have been sullied with my stupidity of wanting to just ha- have a laugh on social media. But at the same time, I have those videos. I have the ability to say, hey, look, this is when my son first took his first steps. And even though there's a theme song behind it, it's still something that. You know, I'm glad that I cherished. And I mean, there's so many more moments that I wish I had captured. And so something that I wish I knew starting out as a dad was to not only understand how quickly everything moves, but to be more proactive at taking the best moments and making the most out of them, um, if that makes sense. Uh, Going to my next question here. Oh, what's your go-to order at your favorite hometown restaurant? Now, it's a complicated issue because as a Long Islander, you know, your staples here in New York are, of course, pizza. Uh, And so for me, I love pizza. Uh, 
and I'm not anywhere near an expert on pizza in terms of that guy from Barstool Sports who does the one bite rule. Every you know, one bite. Everybody knows the rules. Love that. It's hilarious, uh, and I actually do think he knows what he's talking about. It's so funny that uh, I mean, I I grew up in a culture where uh, pizza was the end all be all of local cuisine. And so, I mean, I have my own hometown favorites, my hometown favorite pizza still to this day, because I'm fortunate enough to live nearby, is uh, Aegean P- Aegean's Pizza in the Sunvet Mall. Sunvet Mall, <laughs> it's crazy stories there. I'm sure many people who know what I'm talking about can attest to. Uh, and, and if you haven't seen or know of anything about Sunvet Mall, I suggest you look up Sunvet Mall Twitter. Uh, if you look that up, you'll find a, a, a you know an account for the Sunvet Mall, and it, and it's hilarious. I mean the the Twitter feed for that is so funny. You know, I, I mean the tagline or whatever you want to call it. You know, I'm not using correct terms in social media ever. Uh, maybe it's because I am acting a lot older than I really am, or like maybe I'm acting my age. But in any case, Sunvet Mall Twitter. Uh, it's like, you know, ranked best best Long Island Mall in 1987 or whatever it is. And, like, it's so funny. Um, anyway, in that mall, Aegean's Pizza is still operating after so many years. I mean, there's a very popular uh, grocery store right across from it inside the mall uh, that everyone, a lot of people in the community used to go to. And it's been now that grocery store. Ha <laughs> ha it's very funny, right, Elijah? Uh, the grocery store has been closed for many years, but the, and everything around it's been changed and closed in many, many years. I mean, there's a blockbuster video that used to be there. Now it's not, I think it's like some type of Lucille Roberts or some type of thing there now. But anyway, inside the mall still to this day, the staple there has been Aegean's pizza. Uh, I love it. My wife, Natalie hates it. I'm, I'm saying that's my hometown favorite. Uh, another hometown favorite, I mean, for me, it's not really my hometown, but when I first read this question, I immediately thought of the time where I dormed at school. I went to Villanova University. Uh, a hometown favorite of mine over there was a little place called Campus Corner. And if you're listening and you know me from Villanova, well, then you know Campus Corner very well. Uh, if you don't know Campus Corner, it's a great local, you know, college diet type of establishment i mean it was so close to campus they still delivered to any dorm on campus i mean you could use the campus um you know little id card you know your id card was almost like your debit card your on, on while you're on campus so you can use the money that you load up on there uh, and so i would always get their buffalo chicken cheesesteak uh i mean it's a philly favorite those cheesesteaks and uh, there's something about it that they do there, you know, with the buffalo chicken cheesesteaks. Uh, I used to get, <laughs> and I'm not proud of it, it's not, I'm not bragging or anything. I used to get that at least two, three times a week, you know. Uh, yeah, it, it, and then that is no exaggeration, and that is unfortunately uh, <laughs> the way I got my uh, uh, domineering physique, <laughs> as it were. Uh, and so, I mean, that's my little hometown favorite as well it's not really my hometown but definitely a favorite of mine um anyway going on to the next question oh elijah's starting to get a little antsy i might have to cut this segment a little short uh what's something you failed at oh man getting right into it 
I mean, something that has always been on my heart that I know that I failed at um, is probably giving up on performing, uh, on singing, you know, uh, and I mean, this is me being raw and vulnerable and completely open. Like I used to love singing. I used to love, uh, you know, it's funny because, you know, I graduated high school in 2007 and not at a long time after that, this freaking TV show uh, came on. Many of you are already ahead of the game when I say this, you know, and far be it from me to be like, hey, man, that was kind of like my high school experience, but not really. Uh, that TV show I'm talking about, of course, is Glee, uh, which followed the lives of these high school outcasts who loved uh, who were, you know, band together because of their love of performing and uh, their connection they had with music and all of that feel goodness stuff, but also, da- you know, tackling real high school issues like bullying and uh, and all this other stuff. Yes, all of that is real experiences for a lot of people. I, for one, didn't really experience life like that, you know, because I was able to still maintain my friendships all throughout school i was i don't think i was really bullied in high school i mean i think back maybe there was one or two occasions where someone you know was like not so nice to me and that you know what is what it is you know uh but you know i handled myself i've never ever been in a a physical altercation uh at least not you know of course you know you play fight with your friends and this and that but like never had it escalated to something serious and so like i was fortunate not to have those experiences that were depicted on many high school shows uh but something that i feel like i've not that i failed but just more i've given up on um is just singing and performing just because i love to do it you know i love to be in front of an audience and i loved uh you know singing because it was something that i felt like i was kind of okay at you know and there we have the first drawback of recording on my phone a phone call came in and interrupted my interview and so that's okay i am pretty much done talking about that i mean i like i said like yes i don't see it as a failure i see it more that it was something that i put on the shelf and i wish i hadn't i mean of course there's always uh, an opportunity for me to perform again and to do all these things and continue to express myself in that way uh, and yeah, I'll look for the, uh, for those moments as well. Uh, you know, kind of going around full circle. One thing I really do like is that, um, and this actually came as advice from, uh, one of Natalie's uncles, uh, when, you know, uh, coming into fatherhood was that I have now an audience of one who loves my voice, no matter what, even if I'm not the best singer in the world, Hey, I'm not bad. I'm not bad. You know? Definitely one of those where, you know, I'm like a good karaoke bar type of singer, you know, I can imagine. Uh, And so, like, yeah, I can hold a note or two, you know, and um, it's not that bad. And But, like, you know what? It's one thing to be in front of an audience and wowing them with my performance, you know. But it's another to be able to just be in an audience of one, that one being my son, holding him when he's sad or cranky or frustrated and just singing to him and just watching the calm like wash over him that's something i can't ever replace and i would rather perform in front of him uh night in and night out um nine times out of ten you know Uh, i mean i'm sorry ten times out of ten really i mean 
I'll take that over, you know, selling out a stadium or something, you know. Um, but all right, I mean, I think that's pretty much uh, going to wrap up this sort of self-interview. I had no idea it was going to be this long. You know, there's like a whole list of questions. And, you know, I'll save those for my real guests. Um, and so stay tuned because as soon as we come back, I'm going to uh, break down Avengers Endgame. And, you know, this is the, your warning that if you haven't seen it and you want to see it, and which at this point, guys, come on, it's like at the end of May, uh, the movie's been out, man. And so, like, if you haven't seen it at this point, I don't know if you're going to see it until it comes out on DVD. I hope not. But, I mean, this is my obligatory warning that after this next interlude or something, you know, um, it's going to be spoiler city, you know, for uh, Avengers Endgame, you know, and... This is my take on it. I'm not an expert. I'm going to tell you again before I get into it. I'm not an expert on comic books. Um, I'm not an expert on cinema or film. I'm just a dude who saw it, and now I have thoughts and words. All right, welcome back to In Joe's Room. Uh, truth be told, those last two uh, segments of this episode were actually recorded about two, about a month and a half ago, about two months ago, um, and it's just been life's been a little crazy uh, for me. And getting out this next episode, it was a lot uh, to handle at the time. Uh, kind of to catch up uh, on a personal note, you know, uh, we moved from our one house to uh, now we're living in another place right now. So, um, you know, it's been a little hectic to try and organize my notes to be able to do this movie review the right way. Uh, And so catching up instead of reviewing Endgame, I thought I would want to talk about uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe in general. Um, one, because, well, talking about Endgame at this point, you know, we're, uh, in the beginning of July now, uh, it's been a couple of months since it's been out, and so a little bit irrelevant in my opinion, and so instead, I'm gonna talk about my first reactions to Far From Home, which is what I just watched last night, um, and so I'm still on that high of coming out of Spider-Man Far From Home with a lot of love for it and a lot of uh, praise for that. Uh, and so really quick, you know, Spider-Man Far From Home. No spoilers, by the way. I'm not I'm not like that. Um, but it was definitely great. It was a definite um, good addition to the MCU, especially after how big Endgame was. You know, it kind of brought things back you know, quite literally down to earth a little bit, um, you know, apart from some hints of what happened after Endgame. Uh, but I'm, again, no spoilers, I'm not getting into that. Uh, it does definitely set up the next phase of the MCU. Um, a lot of fan service in that. Uh, and I really do uh, think it's very clever how they tied in this... Um, uh, the character of Mysterio to the greater MCU. Uh, Mysterio, I mean, uh, for me personally, um, I'm a big Spider-Man fan. I have been for a very, very long time, you know, uh, between, you know, growing up, like I said in my preview episode, growing up in the 90s and being able to watch Spider-Man, the animated series and different versions of Spider-Man. And then, of course, the Sam Raimi uh, Spider-Man trilogy with Tobey Maguire. That came out, I mean, I was... 
what 11 12 years old something like that and so i mean it came out in a, in a good amount of time where like that became my formative years you know uh and so yeah so a big, big spider-man fan in fact really quick story um when i was in the seventh grade uh i was in some type of competition with my science class and whoever got like the like the best grade or who did the best on some type of science lab um was awarded some type of uh bookstore gift card and i actually won and uh the only thing that the my science teacher at the time asked was that we bring back whatever book we got from the bookstore we wanted to show the class and so I ended up buying this anthology book on Spider-Man. And I, and I wish I still had it because it's probably still really cool. I mean, this is back in 2002, 2003, uh, 2002, uh, where I purchased this big, huge book on everything that has to do with Spider-Man, all the different um, Spider-Man versions, the history of Peter Parker and all this stuff and like Anything you can imagine up until 2002, obviously, but anything you can imagine uh, was in that book. And so I know a lot of uh, different, um, you know, versions of the villains as well. And Mysterio is one of those really difficult villains to write. And I think that the way that the writers, you know, specifically with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, how they want to tie everything into this greater universe at large, uh, the way they did that with this one really elusive character, uh, I think was uh, very clever and very well written. And I'm not going to get into his story, and I think that there are definite talking points about it. But until I feel like, you know, I'm in a platform where we can talk, you know, spoilers galore, uh, I'm not going to speak on that, really. Uh, instead, uh, I want to just talk about how important this Marvel Cinematic Universe is to a lot of people. I mean, nowadays, especially in this generation, we now have a whole cinematic universe. I mean... This is going on, what, 23, 24 movies, and it's and then it's no end in sight. Uh, Disney World has their own Marvel Cinematic Universe place, you know, or at least, I mean, I know that that's in the works. If not, it's already there. Uh, I, I mean, this is, like, beyond what we could have imagined. Um, and you want to think about it, like, generationally, you know uh, as big of the as big as the original star wars franchise was back then i mean of course it's still big now i mean imagine that now like generations now you know kids growing up that, that this is their star wars so to speak you know of course star, star wars is still coming out with the, their own movies and they you know they're continuing that franchise but i think it's because of the model that the marvel cinematic universe has set before uh you know before the latest you know trilogy has been released uh so to speak and to put it into perspective you know again uh i remember i forget what year it was it must have been around the same time that i spoke about before like 2002 2003 um mtv had that show called true life you know um and one of the episodes was true life i'm a big star wars fan you know so something to that effect and i remember see, seeing this episode and really being fascinated with how deep the star wars fandom really went 
you know, uh, and now you amplify that to encompass not only the comic books from Marvel and all, as D- and DC and all these you know generations generations of, uh, of of comic book history, and you're putting it all in a cinematic universe. I mean, of course it's going to blow up, and of course again, like I said, this Spider-Man Far From Home is. Uh, all intents and purposes the end of phase three and they're about to enter phase four and they kind of you know layer um these phases so that again like they can keep banking on all of these movies and like uh you know uh, the term fan service has been thrown around for from infinity war to endgame and especially yeah this um it's been said that you know spider-man far from home is like the love letter to the fans who have put in all the time uh and years literally years uh of you know being a fan of the marvel cinematic universe and so uh what i put together spoiler free of course is my top five marvel cinematic universe movies um i spent a lot of time thinking about it and i think you know in the time that i spent between my last recording and now uh i think it's okay for me to say certain things about you know the movies that i'm about to say uh and again this is in this isn't like uh, oh I'm an expert on anything. Uh, it's more just like hey I'm a fan. I'm a uh, for all intents and purposes I am a lifelong fan of these things. Uh, I am not a huge collector of comic books. I have like a handful in my own collection, like literally a handful, like maybe five or six, like actual graphic novels that I own. But then everything else is just like my years of fandom from you know watching it on TV and the movies and all of that. You know video games for sure. Um, and so what I put together, just talking about the MCU, I mean, I can go on and on about, uh, the different superhero movies from the time that I've been watching superhero movies, but I, I'm not, I'm not going to do that right now. Uh, this is all Marvel themed. And so we're going to keep it in my top five Marvel cinematic universe movies, starting with number five, you got to take it back to where it all began. Iron Man, number one, Iron Man came out. Uh, I believe it was, what, 2008, I want to say. And I remember, you know, my freshman year of college, or even before that, they said, oh, hey, uh, we're going to start making these movies. And I thought, thought, great, you know, because there's already been the X-Men movies. There's already been uh, Spider-Man movies. There's already been, like, Fantastic Four movies. And, like, of course, a lot of them seem so dated now. Oh, Daredevil, there was another Daredevil movie, right? I mean, it is what it is, you know? Uh, But... When I thought, oh, cool, Iron Man, like, I, I don't, I didn't know much about, you know, Iron Man. I mean, he's, he appeared in Spider-Man a couple of times. There was um, the Avengers, like, TV show, there's different stuff like that. I had no idea, like, who Tony Stark was and all that stuff. I mean, talking about it now, and it's crazy to say, like, how iconic uh, that character has become, Um and it it all started at all, you know? And I remember watching Iron Man for the first time and just being floored with, like, how great the writing was, uh, how great the direction was. Shout out to John Favreau, you know, uh, who plays Happy Hogan, who, come in full circle, is in, you know, Far From Home and does a great job at, you know, tributing um, Tony Stark and, you know, Robert Downey Jr., um, 
and uh, I'm excited to see where the, where even his character goes. Uh, but even to to think back all the way to where it all began with Iron Man number one, um, you know, that's got to be in my top five for sure. I mean, that's just it's a culmination of like the emotions and like the the emotional investment that you've that I particularly have made in this Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, definitely had to give that a shout out. I mean, that's what started the whole post credit scene. And you know, truth be told, um, and I know I know I'm not alone. But truth be told, I had no idea there was going to be a post credit scene. And so yeah, I left before, and then I had to go see it again when it came out on DVD to look at like the post credit scene. You know, uh, I mean, it is what it is. All right, and going along with number four, we start from the beginning with Iron Man number one. For me, my fourth favorite MCU movie has to be Infinity War. Uh, some people might say like that, like can't believe that that's so low on your top five list. But at the same time, you got to think about it. like, listen, there's twenty what twenty three movies, twenty four movies coming out, something like that. So for Infinity War to make it even into the top five, I think that that has something to do with it. And yes, I have seen every single movie. Uh, I've even seen Thor Dark World, which, you know, <laughs> shout out to that. Uh, I've only seen on like like FX or TNT or wherever it was um, playing. And I happened to just be home one day and I saw Thor Dark World and that's how I saw it. I didn't go out of my way to see it. It just happened to be on. I was like, okay, whatever, I'll watch it. Going back to Infinity War, yes, it is my number four favorite MCU movie. The reason why is because, like I said, number five, Iron Man started it all, and it all culminated to Infinity War. Like, the whole entire Infinity Gauntlet, Infinity Stone saga, like, it was all leading up to, for, like, more than ten years, leading up to this huge event you know, and so Infinity War was like the culmination of it. As an English teacher, I teach, you know, you know, plot, you know, p parts of the plot. And I talk about how, you know, rising action is that are all the events that lead up to the big event, the height of the excitement, which is the climax. Right. And so I look at the Infinity War as the beginning of the climax. Right. Um, it's the everything we've been leading up to. Uh, and I think that, you know, the start of it, especially how Infinity War ends, uh, is something that, like, I cannot believe that they left us hanging like that, you know? I mean, of course, I knew that they were going to, but just the way that they wrote it was so perfect, in my opinion. Uh, number three, uh, I'm taking it back to the Avengers movie, the first one, where the the original Avengers team assembles for the first time. Uh, again, talk, you want to talk about fan service, this is where, you know, it brings in this whole idea that all these movies at the time, where there were, what, like 10, maybe, uh, they were all connected. And they, wow, I can't believe that they're, like, weaving this story, and it all uh, plays out, it all pays off in this one movie. And at the time, it was, like, what, like, the biggest, like, cinematic box office, blah, 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 whatever. Uh, and so, again, like, I saw that the weekend it came out. Uh, I remember leaving that. I can't believe how epic that movie was. And to imagine at that time, I could not even imagine how big that uh, that story could become. You know, how Avengers number, like, the first Avengers movie, what, 2012, I want to say? 
or maybe it came out 2013 and depicted 2012, something like that. I'm not, you know, I'm messing up the dates, which is fine. Um, but in any case, yeah, I mean, thinking about how that one movie is just a smaller piece in this bigger puzzle now, I mean, there's no wonder why, you know, movies after that all, all reference the Battle of New York, you know? Uh, and I love how nuanced that this universe has become because of this one movie, Avengers. Uh, next up, uh, number two, my second favorite movie was Captain America's Civil War. Uh, Civil War, I think, was uh, the way they handled Civil War in, you know, the Marvel universe, like in, in the comic books. Uh, I mean, uh, you're talking about started around, what, 2005, 2006, something like that. Um, I remember being in high school and that being like the first series where like I literally actually I think, you know, what? truth be told. That would be the uh, the first actual series of comics where I like actively went to the comic book store and got the issue as it came out. I think it was, I want to say, seven or eight issues or maybe something like that. I don't know. It was like one a month, you know, and it was like the, Tuesday, the first Tuesday or wherever day it was on every month it came out. And I think for like... I want to say that it ended in my senior year of high school. So, like, and I actually did a report on civil war uh, in my AP government and politics class, and I actually did you know did pretty well on that report. And so maybe that's why I I hold civil war in a high regard, just because I have my own personal connection to it. But the way that they handled it in the MCU, I thought was amazing because you have here uh, this huge Marvel event in in the marvel universe that literally changes everything um and the way they wanted to bring that into this uh this marvel cinematic universe uh i thought was beautiful i think that you know the the battle at the airport between the two sides that was just actually like a microscopic version of what it was like actually reading the comic books it's crazy um because you know, you have, you know, Captain America on one side, Iron Man on the other side, and you have, like, a group of, like, six versus six. Like, it was exactly like that, but it was, like, hundreds versus hundreds. And it was, like, uh, you know, it, it, they would put, like, again, like a seven to ten issue, like, series in less than three hours. Uh, and there was a lot to unpack, and it was a lot to weave in. And so I thought the way that Civil War was written um, was beautiful and that's why it's my second favorite and of course number one my favorite uh marvel cinematic universe movie of all time like i said before thor the dark world i'm kidding not (laughs) it's not thor the dark world it is endgame um and so bringing it back full circle i wanted to you know talk about endgame in a way uh, that didn't spoil anything for people who haven't seen it, even though we're now in the first week of July. And I think that, you know, obviously you should have seen it. If you're going to see it, you would have already seen it because Far From Home is now out. Uh, phase four in the MCU is going to be amazing What from what I imagine. Um, but Endgame in many ways started a new phase in 
the Marvel Cinematic Universe where it's all about the fan service, you know? And so Endgame paid off every little loose end that you can think of um, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe up to that point. I mean, even like a couple months before that, um, Captain Marvel came out. I watched Captain Marvel, as I said in the preview episode, and I'm a big fan of like nostalgia culture. And so like things like, you know, something that took place in the 90s and you know uh i thought that was a great addition to you know what we needed just before endgame because then obviously captain marvel shows up and she is a badass for sure and so um talking about endgame without spoiling it uh it was a great love letter to the fans it was a great uh thank you to the fans thank you to even robert downey jr who uh, put in all that, all this time and effort and really made his career what it is today. I mean, uh, had it not been for uh, Tony Stark, I mean, what would Robert Downey Jr. be known for? I mean, a couple of minor roles here and there. Uh, I don't know. You know, I'm not an expert on that either. But all I do know is that when I think about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, when I think about how important it is even to me as you know kind of a quasi nerd about it um endgame for me was like the one thing where i left almost in tears you know it takes a lot for me to cry nowadays but like definitely having those emotions like bottle up and like really have everything that i've invested into this marvel cinematic universe um pay off in such a huge momentous way like yeah i think it was it definitely qualifies as my favorite movie of the marvel cinematic universe well it's up there in my favorite movies of all time um it was one of those where i left and i knew for sure that it was my one of my favorite movies of all time um in fact uh, it was so crazy i mean it's hard for me now especially as a dad to you know go out and just watch a movie and enjoy uh and especially because it came out in what april or something like that or may was it yeah i think it was may um it was hard to do to do so especially you know because the school year was still around um and uh well you know what i remember it was friday of spring break and i happened to be off and i knew exactly what was going to happen if i didn't watch the movie during spring break and some of you are already ahead of me uh and so as a teacher you know i work with students and literally i go into work that next monday um and i work with seventh graders i work with middle school students and of course the bell rings the students pour into my classroom and the first thing i hear is spoilers about the movie and i'm like i'm so glad that I mean, I'm talking now for how long? Almost 20 minutes about this. I am so glad that nothing was spoiled for me because I probably would have lost it. <laughs> I probably would have gone off on the a-holes. You know, I'm so sorry to say that about kids, about other people's kids, but let's be honest here. Uh, I would have probably lost it <laughs> had I not seen the movie prior to these snot-nosed kids spoiling it for me. Um, so yeah, uh, Endgame for sure, my top number one, uh, l number one movie of the Marvel Cinematic Universe.
All right, and I think that'll do it for this episode. Uh, It's a lot longer than I thought, and so be it, you know. Uh, And again, you know, this is just a basic podcast, nothing too fancy, and I really do thank you for giving the listen. Uh, I want to give a shout-out to uh, my wife, Natalie, for putting up with me, um, you know, for putting up with this this dream of mine of just being able to do this week to week, hopefully week to week. And uh, I really do appreciate all of your love and support uh, and giving this thing a listen, giving it a chance. And until next time, thanks for stopping by in Joe's room. Peace out, roommates.